Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The French Revolution was one of the most brutal and bloody conflicts the world has ever seen, but also one of the most pivotal within the Western world. It lasted from 1787 to 1799 and marked the end of the Ancien Regime of feudal and absolute monarchy. During that period, tens of thousands had their heads separated from their shoulders by la Razoie Nationale, the National Razor, otherwise known as the Guillotine. Our campaign is Reign of Terror. It was developed by Mark Morrison and is available on the Chaosium website. Our Matre de Joux is McSwan, and this is episode one. Before we begin, uh, let's, uh, let's do some intros and find out a little bit more about our characters. Uh, we're all soldiers in the French Royal Army, so let's begin with our military leader, Thomas. Thank you, Tom. I am a Sergeant Renault. I am a decorated officer with the French Army who saw time fighting the Dutch where I got injured on the left cheek. I believe that the French people have a right to the say of what happens in our country. And that means the downfall of the absolute monarchy of King Louis. However, I believe that we should install our best and brightest, the aristocrats. And as a loyal soldier, I'll do what I can to put those people in place. I'd like to uh, now take the opportunity to pass on uh, the description to, who should we do? Wayne. Let's do Wayne. <laughs> All right. My French is kind of bad, so I might mispronounce these names. I apologize ahead of time. But I'm playing uh, Michel Beaumont. Uh, he is a soldier. Uh, very tall, very thin soldier, but he... He pretty much walks about um, and it sort of presents himself in a humble way. He sort of slumps his shoulders to sort of seem about the same uh, height and appearance as, as the rest of the soldiers. Um, he's more of a freedom fighter for the people. He believes that the people should rule, rule themselves. The best way for freedom is for them to uh, take freedom into their own hands and, and fight for their own uh, rights and for their own freedom. Um, but with these, these sort of opinions, he sort of keeps them to himself. Um, he joined the military in order to, uh, to basically provide for his father. His father um, is uh, crippled. He's been crippled uh, pretty much uh, for the rest of his life. And so he's been more or less trying to take care of, of things there. So um, Michel is more of a freedom fighter. He's more for the people. And... Um, it's more of a protector of the people as well. So um, I will pass the reins over to the next. Fred? Ah, bonjour. I am Christophe Percy, and I am a soldier in the army. Ah, they say I'm young, but I, I know I'm strong, and I can fight, and I can make love. And uh, the church didn't like that very much, so I'm in the army. And the uh, 
Well, I'm here, and things are changing fast, but uh, when things change fast like this, it makes uh, great opportunities for men like me to rise and maybe move out of uh, the place we're born into. And you know, in the old ways, there's no way I could ever be a general, but now I, that, that, that kind of thing may be happening if uh, what Sergeant Renault says uh, could be happening in, in other people taking in these places. Uh, perhaps even, uh, perhaps even one day I'll be able to to, to marry my uh, my fair Melody, who uh, I am told I cannot marry because I was born into too low of position. Uh, but until then, we will fight and and, uh, and have a great time. Uh, I'll turn this over to Etienne. What was that? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I had a little hard of hearing. My name is Etienne Babon. I was an artilleryman in the Royal Army. And unfortunately, there was a little accident. And now I am a sapeur, uh, an engineer. And uh, this wonderful position grants me many advantages. I get to be at the front of the parades. I get more money. I take that money. I give it to my wonderful son, Cesar, he is the light of my life. He was a, uh, an artillery boy when, uh, when I used to do that. And uh, now he goes to school, he becomes a doctor. I wish him the best. And I've already told him everything I know, which is we only get one life. We may as well live it and enjoy it. Isn't that not right, my friends? Well, Anyways, I suppose I should hand this over to the next person. Jason. Hello, I am Joseph Huger. I am a water bearer. I am uh, 27 years old. I, have, I am small framed with dark complexion, dark long hair. And I have uh, come here. Um, I brought my wife, Teresa, with me. And um, I'm just looking for freedom for the country. Thank you. What is it? My turn. Je m'appelle Jean-Marie Dupois. I am a very happy soldier and am glad to serve in His Majesty's Royal Army. I, I have been a happy soldier since I joined 25 years ago, which is one year before Sergeant Renault was pushed out of his mother's incorruptible womb. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get our put on the voyage into the darkness. Mick? Merci, Thomas. Um, okay. <clears throat> it is June, 1794. A two-wheeled cart with high wooden sides rumbles through the streets of Paris, drawn by a tired horse. Men and women stand in the back of the tumble, some downcast, some weeping. One man holds his head high. His back is to us. We cannot see his face. The wagon clatters along a street lined with cloud, crowds. They jeer at the occupants, laughing and making gestures by drawing their fingers sharply across their necks. But not everyone mocks. A middle-aged woman with two young girls, aged seven or eight, 
pushes forward and looks on anxiously, hugging the girls tight to her sides. A broken old man shakes his head as the tumble rattles by, while a dog with one black ear runs after it, barking. A soldier curses, names a kick. The dog howls and runs off, scolded. A young woman with close-cropped blonde hair stands by the road, silent, face heavy with grief. A bearded man, his face lined with worry, leans on his crutch and yells a name in anguish, but he cannot be heard over the jeers of the crowd. And a young man, his face old beyond his years, looks on with an air of resignation, and then away. The current rumbles on. Soldiers clear the way and keep the, the crowd at bay. Finally, the wagon rolls into a large square. In its center stands the guillotine. The crowds throng around it until it reaches the base of the platform. The man steps out first, his head held high. We see his broad back as he ascends the steps of the guillotine. The executioner steps forward to push him down, but the man kneels of his own volition. We hear the clack, clack, clack of the old woman seated below knitting, their wickedly twinkling eyes fixed on the platform. The blade is poised, a shining length of bright, sharp steel. The light glints off a small pattern on the blade, a concentric circle. The crowd holds its collective breath. Time stands still for an instant, and then the blade falls. but we're getting ahead of ourselves. It is midnight on Tuesday, the second day of June in the year of our Lord, 1789. And you have been tasked with guard duty at the Catacomb de Paris of all places, watching carts filled with bones arriving from the San Innocent Cemetery. And it's not a pleasant job. For the last four years, these old limestone quarries have been used to rehouse bones from the overflowing, overflowing cemeteries of Paris, where centuries of burial have left the festering dead piled high to the top of the walls, a seething hotbed of sickness, corruption, and death. All day and all night, the carts roll in, draped in black cloth and accompanied by the priests who pray for the souls of the departed and swing their thurables though even the heavy church incense thick with the smell of frankincense does little to ward off the stench of decay and corruption. It seeps into everything, as though all about you is a rot. Perhaps a parable for our times, you wonder. Close by you see Dr. Rigaud, the court physician, his powdered wig and painted face almost perversely out of place as he pushes feverishly about and shouts instructions to the workers in his charge. Skulls to the left, bones to the right. His voice is hoarse and at times he runs out of breath altogether and resorts to simply waving at the workers like an old nursery maid admonishing children. For their part, the workers are starving, desperate men who have no choice but to take whatever work they can find. They grumble and spit when the priests pass by, and scarcely a month ago, one of the carts was overturned and the men came close to riot. But such is Paris, such is the age. Trouble is in the air, and even in a grotesque place like this, it is a soldier's lot to keep order in such a time. It is late. You are tired, and this place turns your stomach more than a little. But despite all that, you stiffen your back and get on with the task in hand. You're a soldier. What choice do you have? So, 
you have been tasked with guarding or overseeing the transportation of these carts which are arriving constantly there's about there's one every 20 or 30 minutes and they're being un unloaded by some truly disreputable looking men um, the stench is overwhelming nothing takes it away you wonder if it will ever wash out of your clothes so it falls to um your sergeant sergeant renault um to decide what precisely you are going to do well let me ask um the carts is it one at a time or is it a big line um it's usually one at a time sometimes two arrive together all right well i'll have the two best uh men who uh uh Bambin and dupo uh walk the carts uh from the cemetery uh, to uh, the catacomb entrance, um, if that's fine with them. Uh, but being make sure that uh, that uh, that Jean does not drink. He's better when he's of the right mind. Okay. Can't hear you. You're so you're so drunk now that you're you're just moving your lips, and I can't hear you speak. I said I do not drink on duty, Monsieur. Uh. Oh, Babon, Babon. This is where we all end up. Yes, exactly. And that is why we need to enjoy life now, which I see you are already on your way towards. Did you say that you were going to get married soon? Hey, no, 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 no. Getting married? Who has time for that, eh? Oh, it's a good thing. <laughs> You can speak as you walk to the cemetery. We Where's Pressy? Yes. Well, they're not going to I mean, the cemetery miles away. Uh, well, then, I, I'm, here, I'm here, Sergeant. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Just standing there? I'm looking pretty damn good. What is there to do, uh, Mick? What, 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 le what does, you know, uh, Pressy is, you know, just... Uh, He's a young romantic. I don't want him doing anything too important. That's why I have. Uh, well, you're primarily primarily you're there to um, make sure that there's not a repetition of what happened a month ago. That no one turns over the carts, uh, no one decides to try and beat up the, the priests, and that the men actually get on with their work because they do have it. It's it's horrible work, and they do have a tendency the moment they're out of the doctor's line of sight of slacking off how deep into the catacombs are they going um i would say about 50 meters at the moment does the priest go into the catacombs with them or stay at uh on the outside praying um one or two of the priests are so one two of the priests go in but they the, the ones that go in um only tend to do it once Okay. And then on their second trip, they'll stay outside having uh, experienced miasma. They are uh, making sure there is no sacrilege either. Then I'll have, uh, if, if Jean and Babin don't mind, you'll escort the carts to the entrance and then just protect, just make sure that they don't overturn the cart and that they, they stay away from the priests. Yes, sir. Uh, 
we'll have Joseph and Percy go into the catacombs uh, with Joseph keeping a close eye on Percy. Oh, Joseph, lucky man. You can mm-hmm. go inside. Say hello to my <laughs> wife. She's uh, here somewhere. And what about you, Michelle? What about me? What can you do right now? Well, whatever is uh, required of me. What? I don't want another person inside the catacombs. They're just like standing there and waiting. So. I could, uh, let's see. He's likely to hit his head and you walk him down in there. He's so damn tall. Be quiet, Percy. Don't, don't know what you mean. I, Percy, I, I, Percy. Uh, hunch over a little bit more. I don't know what you mean, monsieur. Uh, well, what I could do is uh, I can uh, walk the line and make sure that the men are, uh, are working hard. Uh, make sure to keep them in line. Yes, you walk with the, with the people while Jean and Bambine stay with the priests. And, and I will simply uh, walk between you all and make sure that you're doing your jobs while you make sure they're doing their jobs. There's no need for that. You, you think we are not... Uh, it's his job. Exactly. And I, and I stand tall and put my hands behind my back. They'll be careful of those bones. Those belong to people, you know. They aren't just sticks of wood. Keep moving the cart. Follow the wooden hand. This way. This way. Yes, very good. So, yeah. We will literally... Dr. Rigaud seems um, largely disinterested in your presence and much more interested in, for some reason, sorting the, the bones into different parts. He looks... Unwell. Um, what is the time? Do we have an exact time? Okay. All right. Um, How long have these men been working? All day. <laughs> Weeks. Oh, they're, they're all, yeah, they're on. 12. No, I mean, no, no, yeah, I mean, like for for the, the day. Are, the men are on twelve-hour shifts. Uh, is I mean, what what hour is this for their shift though? Has it been what maybe eight or nine it, hours? It varies. From, from man to man, there, there are wow. two or three different. Some of them have probably just started. Okay. Um, well, they were there. There are, there are people working here around the clock, around the clock, so they they, they overlap each other. And I I, w- I will say this um, as I'm walking down the line, and um, my uh, Sergey, uh, while he's not looking at me. I'll find some of the men who have been working pretty much all day. And when everybody's back is turned, I'll pull out a flask of wine and pass it among them just to give them a brief, uh, brief little break. And I'll tell them, don't let anybody see you taking a break, but rest just for a few moments. Well, they're, they're very, very grateful indeed. Um, while you're doing that, while, okay. while you're pausing there, giving them some wine, um, make a spot hidden roll for me. Um, how do we get me? Uh, 96. No. It's very dark. <laughs> you notice that it's very dark. Uh, so, so as I'm passing it around, I, I'll ask them, 
you know, basically, how's your day going? What's going on? What's the news, basically? No, they're, they're, they're tired, they're overworked, and, and they're angry. They, they, none, of, none of them want to be here. This, this, this job is a job for desperate men. This, this is a job. How much are they? I mean, how much are they getting paid? Is this sort of? Um, I mean, this is work that nobody wants to do. This is work that nobody wants to do, but they're they're barely they're barely making enough money for bread. The the economy is in the shithole right now. I, I want to do a spot hidden to see if I see what Beaumont Bar, is up to. <laughs> Mainly because he's got wine. <laughs> All right, make a spot hidden. Uh, I got an 06. <laughs> you stole my role. What the fuck are you doing over there? Uh, men, get back to work. But nothing. Nothing's done. Did I see wine? Don't know what you mean. Yeah. As I'm, as I'm like fumbling to put it back in my pocket. Listen here, you little piece of shit. Don't feed the monkeys. I go back to work. <laughs> I go back to walking up and down. Sergeant, Sergeant Renault, make a spot hidden for me. I can definitely do that. Let's see. Oh, 40 and my spot hidden is a 65. Of course it is. Well, looking around, you, 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 you relax a little. You see that the area um, appears to be clear of any trouble. Men are getting on with their work. Carts seem to be coming in quite regularly. Doesn't seem to be a problem. And uh, you, you turn back and start walking towards the, uh, the entrance to the, uh, the catacombs just by way of a perfunctory patrol. When you notice something by your feet, it appears to be a piece of paper. All right. I will crook an eye. Uh, an eyebrow, and I will uh, crouch down and just pluck it up. Okay. At which point I now have to... Where's the thing gone? Um, oh, there we go. I couldn't find share screen for a moment. Okay. okay. What you find is well, quite a simple looking leaflet. Which you might like to read out. Sure. What is the third estate? One, what is the third estate? Everything. Two, what has it been up until now? Nothing. Three, what will it become? Something. And you recognize this as um, quite a popular um, political pamphlet. I, I wouldn't say necessarily a revolutionary pamphlet, but um, it, it is a pamphlet that you see very much everywhere. Um, you, you know what it means. You know, it, it supports the rights of the, the ordinary people. Um, you know that there have been meetings at Versailles the uh, Estates General, in which the uh, the first and second estates, the uh, 
the aristocracy and the um, clergy <laughs> have been arguing at length with the third estate, the people. And the people want to establish themselves as a power in their own right. Particularly because of this situation at the moment with the country facing bankruptcy. Well, we can't have the people making decisions. They're dumb and stupid. So I will, um, with one hand behind my back, I'll, I'll hold the pamphlet up uh, and I will say, whose is this? What is that? And I will approach uh, Jean and I will say, a pamphlet, and I pass it to him. I say, wanting the people to have a say. Well, you know, you see these all over the place. We are working, not spreading revolution. We're already having a revolution. We don't need a second one. Do not worry, Sergeant. These troublemakers will be fine. Just a piece of trash. Throw it in the trash. And I will look to, because Joseph and, uh, and uh, Christopher, Christoph, Christophe? I don't know. Christoph. I can't, Christoph, I can't speak French. I gave you a pronunciation uh, guide. <laughs> no, I don't read those. You know that. Uh, they're deep in the catacombs, so I doubt it was them. Um, and I know it wasn't you two. You're, you're, my, you're my best soldiers. So I, I kind of look up and down the line uh, at the people and then maybe at Michelle. Um, but I will say, if no one wishes to claim it, and I uh, kind of crumple it up and put it in my pocket um, and say, no more of this, you're working. There's maybe a bit of a, a murmur amongst the workmen. I'll, I'll, um, a murmur of discontent. Might be I, I, I will clear my throat and I say, um, men, get back to work. You have it all night just to stand around. And to the men that I was, uh, passing a drink around, I sort of give him like a little nod, like get back to work, but well, you know, I got your backs basically. Um, and I will um, take this opportunity to, to leave the line and approach the doctor. Um, and he's the, he's the court physician. He's, he's aristocracy, he's, he's right? He's court physician, yes. He's, he's, he is very clearly an aristocrat, an aristocrat and he, he's, um, he's uh, He's wearing a powder, it's very disheveled from, from the work, but he is wearing a, a powdered wig. Um, and he has the, 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 the remnants of makeup. Um, although his, his face powder is um, somewhat streaked by the, by the sweat. And there's a uh, peculiarly feverish glint in his eye. Um, a question as I approach him. Um, uh, my belief is that the common people are dumb and stupid. A meritocracy is basically what, I, uh, what I'm looking for. The best, brightest, and those people are also the aristocracy. Like, why, why, wouldn't they, why would they be aristocrats? Why would they be the most big and powerful if they weren't the best? So is he someone that would garner my respect? Um, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a learned man. Okay. He's a, he's a doctor. He's a learned, educated man. Um, he, he clearly knows what he's doing. He's, he's perhaps a um, rather corpulent-looking 
bellow. Okay. Um, indulge himself on occasion, but, but uh, in, in terms of his uh, accomplishments, yes, certainly. All right. Well, then I will approach and I will uh, kind of do a two-step and salute him and say, uh, Monsieur, and I will lower the arm and I will say, how many more bodies do you, th how many more uh, weeks do you say we have until the cemeteries are cleared? Uh, no, they're cleared when they're cleared. Right, the rates that the workers are going will be here for years. Um, that, that could be, yes, it could be so, yes. I, I kind of uh, look him up and down and I say, are you feeling well? seem uh a little and and uh, and i kind of I'm make it fine best. i'm perfectly i'm perfectly all right stop fussing and i will uh kind of you know straighten myself up and bolster my chest and say i apologize uh and i will simply stand beside him watching the line go by uh if he doesn't want me talking to him i will not uh, talk further with them. I'm a good soldier. I know when and when not to speak to the aristocrats. Um, can now, I... where, is, where is everyone at this moment? I'm walking along the line, heading towards uh, um, Sergeant Renault. Okay. I was uh, deepest in the cave. That's where I was ordered to go. Okay. I'm, I'm walking the line. Um, just making sure that the men are doing their work. Guiding the next cart in. Okay. With his uh, wooden hand. And, and <laughs> That's right. Chrissy is also in the cave with Correct. Joe. Okay. Um, in that case, for those of you who are not in the cave, so for um, Beaumain, Renault, Dupois, and Bavin. Um there is something of an occurrence. Very suddenly, almost out of nowhere, you hear a wild clattering of hooves approaching. Um, it gets faster and faster, more and more furious. Your first thought is that you're about to be attacked, that some, some mob is, is, is coming on horseback. But then uh, a very well-appointed carriage comes into view. Um, a white carriage with a red trim. You can just about make out the, uh, the carriage, the, the horseman at the front. Um, his, his face is, is, is covered in, in, he's in some sort of mask or a, a scarf around his, around his face. Um, he's dressed entirely in black. And he drives the, uh, the coach straight towards a group of workers who are standing behind one of the, uh, one of the carts. Get out of the way. Uh, most of them dive out of the way, but one, one of them is clipped by the cart and, and howls out in pain. Um, I go over and drag him out of the way. Is it heading towards the, uh, towards the catacombs? It's, it's heading towards the city. Oh. Um, 
the uh, as the carriage passes. Through the open window, you get a, a momentary gl glimpse of the occupant inside, the, the, a, a well-dressed nobleman who is seemingly caught at that moment in an embrace with a young woman. But the most disturbing thing, while he seems poised over her neck in the act of lovemaking, He's looking outward. It almost feels like he's looking straight at you. And most shockingly of all, it, it seems like there's almost a, a smile curling on his lips as he notices he's being watched. And with that, the, the carriage is gone into the night as fast as it can. There's no attempt to slow down or to stop to see if anyone was injured. It just thunders on into the night and it's gone, leaving behind it uh, a man injured in, in, in its wake. Workers are screaming, Damn, Anistos! Putan! What a mess. I'll, I'll make my way over to the, uh, to the injured man and say, Hey, it could be worse. At least you have all your parts. And I'm going to try to see if I can first aid at him, make him look Do, feel doc, Dr. Rigaud is, is, is already oh. attending to me. Oh, okay. Just with, without... After I mean, you, Monsieur. With, without even being um, asked, he's, he's straight in there and, and starts uh, started patching up the man. He's not terribly badly injured, but um, he certainly won't be working for a while, which yeah. know, in the current climate, if, uh, if he can't work for a while, he's, he's already as good as dead. Get um, back to work. Yeah, These bodies would, are not going to bury themselves. I'm going to shout out, Hugo, Pressy. Uh, and I'll, uh, I, I'm shouting at them to, for them to, to get out here because uh, if people are shouting uh, and, and, and angry, I need as many people out here corralling them and getting them back to work as possible. Um, I, was, I was heading towards uh, Renault. Um, Sajan. I, I would like to volunteer to go back down into the catacombs uh, when you are ready to send us down. Uh, uh, Eugel uh, is too young. He shouldn't be exposed to the diseases that are down there. I am old. I am expendable. Uh, and I, uh, I kind of uh, chuckle at that and I say, you are experienced. I can't have you dying to some disease. I am already almost dead. And, uh, and I'll nod and I say, you go tell him, bring him up here, make sure that this is quelled down. Alright, uh, I will go tell them to get their asses up here. I'm... Um, just before that, but could okay. Bowman make a, an education roll for me, please? As a, as a knowledge roll. Yeah, education is a knowledge problem. That is you, Wayne Beaumont. <laughs> We're going to have to learn to hear French accents. I'm, uh, I got the easy name. I know. Renault. Yeah. No, you have the hard first name, though. Thierry. That's not that hard. Terry. You're Terry. 
I'm Sergeant Terry. I got a 66 out of 70. Okay. Um, you've seen you've seen that carriage before. Hmm. You don't you don't know who it belongs to, but you're you're pretty sure you've seen that on the forest road through Nontea to the west. Driving, you can't even remember whether you saw it driving towards or away from the city. You've definitely seen that carriage before. You remember, you remember it because it was driving. The last time you saw it, it was moving the same way, frantically. Just get the feeling it's not in a hurry to get anywhere. That's just how that coachman drives. But you've seen that before. Do I remember the coachman himself? Was it? In nope. You just you just remember having seen that same red and white carriage. You said it was out towards the west. Um, what would I know is out that way, or who would I know lives out that way? Anybody important, like a uh, a nobleman or something? Well, many, many nobles have, have houses um, outside the city. Whilst, whilst some do, some aristos live in the city, most of them now live, live outside, preferring mm. the pressure air. The air is quite fetid in the city proper. Um, hmm. Okay. I will mention that I remember seeing that particular carriage, but for the life of me, I can't place who it belongs to. You you would know you would know enough that if it was if it was on that road, then it was either probably going to or from Poissy. Yeah, it's a aristocrat. Yeah, but he always drives that way. The, the 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 coachman always drives that way. So they don't care about the little people. They just uh, you know, if he killed fifteen people, nobody would have stopped him. People mm. hate the king, but this is the type of people he the king has to deal with. I, I do not pity pity him. Listen, listen, listen. These 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 aristocrats, they're trouble, but don't worry about them. Everything will be fine. Listen, the sooner we can get this stuff taken care of, the sooner we can go home and sleep, hopefully, assuming the, uh, the doctor finishes his work. My God, oh, he's, he's young, isn't he's, he? He's all, he's all but done. I mean, he's just patched. He's done a very rudimentary job of patching the man up. Um, and just said, well, now we will have to see. And a couple of the other men carry the guy away to the side. Are the others from the catacombs out here by this point? There's one or two out there. Oh, I'm I've, talking about uh, the others. I, well, uh, he, he kind of went with uh, Beaumont. But um, I go to the entrance and I start down. And about halfway down, I yell, uh, Yosef! What? Yes, we. Oh. Uh, well, as, you're, I mean, as, 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 you're, um, as you enter the catacombs, and this applies to all of you who are in the catacombs, um, 
there seems to be something of a commotion around the, the end, about 20 feet in from the entrance. There's eight or nine workers. What is wrong here? Uh, we're, we're not going back in there. You say something is wrong? Oh, yeah. Look, there's someone in there. Yes, what sir. do you mean? Yes, I come walking up. Percy. He's down there too, right? Monsieur, yeah. Monsieur, I was, I, I was working. There was, there is someone in there watching us. I've been down there. There's no one there but workers. I will get someone creeping around in there watching us, Monsieur. Show me where. Come with me. No, Percy, Percy, you get. Uh, Sergeant Renault wants you. Oh, everyone okay. out. All right. I will. Uh, you show me what you saw. Monsieur. I'm not going back. In, I'm not going back in there. Show I'm, me I'm, where. I'm Show me which direction in. to go. No, 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 Monsieur. I'm not going back in there. Listen here, you piece of shit. You'll do what I tell you to do. I grab. What him. is this? What is this? And behind you, you see that uh, Rigaud. Has, he has, says he has, will not go in there. What? No, 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 no. Work must continue. Come on, you get get them working again. That's what he you're says. There's somebody in there. Let me go look. It is, it is nonsense. Get them working. Make them do their jobs. This is why I, This is why you're here. I go and grab, report to the sergeant and tell him what's going on inside the catacomb. I sort uh, of beat the guy a little. <laughs> with that, I'll tell, I'll tell them to go back into the catacombs and go as deep as you can until and, and sh ensure that there's no one in there, um, even though it's, there's probably nothing. It's 150 I, miles of catacombs. Well, Go go deep enough to where we're oh, really, 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 Rigaud, um, uh, I mean, Dupois, is really berating you now. Yeah, you know, we if, want... If they, do, if they do not work, you should start shooting them. And we might. And, uh, and I kind of say that uh, loud enough for everyone to hear. And, uh, and I say, you three go as deep as you can to where they bury the bodies. And if you see nothing, you come back and you tell us. We will stay out here quelling this. And, I, and, I, and I'm just kind of pointing to the angry mob and the scared mob, apparently. There's both. Um, and I well, say, hurry, hurry up. Make them just, just make, make them work. Leave it to us, monsieur. Do what you must do and make them work. But hurry up. We cannot afford to lose time. We, are, we, we can so easily run behind schedule. So I'm going to begin ordering the workers to just put the bones in the correct positions further towards the entrance and to just keep going, keep working until they get back. And when they get back and tell us nothing, go back. Now it's probably pretty cramped down here. So I probably don't have my, my gun with me. Well, what kind a, of mic do we have? Um, well, there are, there are lanterns hung up at okay. regular, uh, regular intervals along the, the passages where they're, they're working. Um, where they're storing the, uh, the bones. Um, they've, got, they've got carts there. Oui, monsieur. I have something a little more portable if you need a weapon. I have my knife. <laughs> I don't think we're butchering pigs, my friend. I will draw my rapier as I go back down in. Pigs would be delicious. <laughs> um, you so lead the way? I'm, I'm well, leading the well, way. Well, I mean, you go, you go in a little way, and then there's a, a spiral staircase, staircase that leads straight down. I, I look at oh, that. I look at the worker that was afraid to go. I say, is this the way to go? Oui, oui, monsieur. 
So I start down. I, I follow. It, it is... Okay. Um, and I'm cussing as I go. A most unpleasant place. Stealings are very low. And uh, it's, it's very uh, dry and very dusty. Um, because it used to be a, it used to be a quarry, and the, the, the dust catches in your throat, which makes breathing and speaking quite difficult. Um, bones are stacked in, for the most part, in piles of, of, of similar types of bones, from floor to ceiling. Is there anybody down here? Should there be workers down here? They're not coming down here because they are afraid. So I just, I press on. Who, who of you is actually in here at the moment? Well, if Dupois is going down, I'm going to follow him because the uh, sergeant seems to have things under control topside. I'm going to, uh, the men who are frightened by whatever they've seen, I'm going to actually pull them aside. Um, I know their tempers are kind of heated right now between us and, and them. So what I'm going to try to do is calm them down and actually ask them what they've seen and who might it be that's, that's been spying on them down here. Okay, well, make, a, make a persuade roll for me. Are, are we all down there except for Renault? I think that uh, that there were workers. The workers came back to the, the the workers. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Oh, I've got a twenty-three out of fifty. So um, that is a hard. You you manage to calm them down, but they're not overly uh, forthcoming with with any details. All, all they'll tell you um, is that they had a very strong feeling that they were being watched, and and one of them said that that he 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 definitely saw something. I saw something squatting in, in, in the dark. I saw it move. All right. I took a lamp to see where it was, and I, I saw something move when I took a lamp. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to um, persuade them. Um, I guess I might need to do another roll, but um, I'm going to tell them that um, we have some men going down there to check on it. Um, but if I were you. And I kind of lower my voice and I say, if I were you, we find nothing down there. You guys need to get back to work. Uh, we miss you. Uh, they're, they won't hesitate to shoot you if, if given the order. And I don't want that for you. Or, you know, you have to think about your families. Um, I know this work is terrible, but we'll, we'll get you through this. We're down here. We'll protect you if there's anything that's uh, amiss down here. So. Well, they, they they seem content about this. One or two of the others have you know mentioned that you you were the same soldier who gave them some wine earlier on. Yeah. So um, they, they, they they seem to be calming down a little bit, and I think that they're glad of the fact that even even if they just wait until the the tunnels are are, uh, are checked out, this gives them some brief respite from from being down there. Yeah. I'll look around to see if anybody's looking, and I will hand them some wine as well. Just uh, like now that you're on a break, you know, rest a minute. Here you go. Don't let anybody see you drinking. And I'll keep an eye out. They seem they seem to be. Um, yeah, they they they're very grateful for that. 
and uh, you aren't at this point, you aren't spotted. Dubois down in the hole. Um, so down in the hole, then, we have Dupois and Babin, Ugel and Pressy. Okay, all four of you, I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. Twenty-nine. Pass. Twenty. Pass. Seventeen out of seventy. Pass. I also rolled a twenty-nine. Pass. Okay. We are soldiers, monsieur. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible place. I mean, the atmosphere of death is quite overwhelming. And uh, you're very much struck by a sense of your own mortality. But as soldiers... This is something you've already confronted on the battlefield. This is this is a familiar feeling to you, not a pleasant feeling, but uh, you know it and you deal with it. Dupois, did I ever tell you about the time that uh, I picked finger bones out of my own face from my own hand? All these bones just reminds me of it. Well, everybody needs a hobby, monsieur. Did I tell you that my wife died last year of cholera? Oh, tragedy. Yeah, she's probably here watching us right now. Don't say that. You're going to scare the uh, the workers again. There's no workers right where we are, though. <laughs> no, no, no. There are no workers, but... Very um, echoey down here. All, all four of you make a spot hidden room. 52. What is Whoa. that? Um, uh, no. Uh, 40 out of 70. I made it. 4-0. I got a 10 out of 65. 17 out of 25. I made it. So I'm the only one who's not looking, and I'm in the front. Okay. Um, well, I think um, Pressy had the, had the best score there, so I'll, I'll give it to Pressy. Okay. Um, up ahead... You can see that there's there's someone up ahead, oh. uh, just uh, just on the corner of of uh, like a T junction. There's someone you you just for a moment see someone just looking around the corner. There 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 there, there there's a, there's somebody right over around the corner over What's there. Wrong with you? Stop screaming in my ear. What? Look, is he still there? Um, I don't see. I, I gesture where I where where I saw is someone looking. I saw them right there. What are you, a scared peasant? Don't worry. You there, come on out. Come on. We see you back there. I point my gun direction. There's no reply. Did it, did it go? Did it disappear? Do I not see what they're looking at? You can't see anything at the moment. Where? Where did you see this? You are hallucinating. I draw my sword, point it out in front of me, and proceed in that direction. Put your sword away. You're going to kill me. Don't stand in front of me. I think Pressy is uh, starting to see things. (sighs) You're all a bunch of pussies. And I I walk forward to where, where he pointed. As you reach the... my knife. (laughs) As you reach the T-junction... Just around the corner, 
in the half light. You you see something move away from you. Um, and for for a moment, you you're not entirely sure what you're looking at. You can't see any details. It's just a dark shape, but it. It just, you don't seem to be able to work out whether you're looking at, at a man or a dog. It seems to have aspects of both. It sort of, it, it, it appears to be standing like a man, but as it moves off, it sort of lopes. It is a, like a dog. It is an old Disabled. I don't know what you know. What it's a cripple. Yeah. It's a cripple. There you go. It's, it's a cripple. cripple person stop. Living stop. down here. Would you stop yelling in my ear? We are standing in a tiny little area. Come on. I'm like, we won't hurt you. We will get you some help. Please come forward. I'm going to kill him if he comes over here. But I. <laughs> but I'm going to be sweet. All of us make that. I got an O one. Oh well, there you are. Well, I think we've we've solved that. Um, maybe it's maybe it's the drink talking. Maybe it's the DTs. Maybe it's the drink you need. But you you shout at this thing, or this person, and it pauses for a second. And looks back at you. And for a moment, you just see a glint of these two yellowish eyes. Mon Dieu. And then it's gone. Mon Dieu. I put my hand back and grab Kristoff, and I'm like, did you see that? Uh, uh, I, I do not think I saw the yellow eyes. Then how do you know that they are yellow eyes? <laughs> uh, no, I did not see that. <laughs> did I, any of you see that? What, what was that? That had to have been off the lamps. That was off the lamps. But it looked like a dog. He must have. Maybe he was in the war and he was so damaged. He's hideous. Deformed man. Like a you monster. You have to be deformed living down here. <sighs> Well, what do we do? We hunt him down and get rid of him, or is that a freak that would come down here to 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 eat ransom? My, my guess is he knows these these catacombs better than we do. If he lives down here, maybe there's a whole bunch of them down here. They live under the city instead of in the in the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need to lie. And tell them that we saw nothing. Otherwise, this the, the workers will never come down here again. I agree with that one. I don't know. Renault is very smart. I, I think. Oh, well, we don't have to lie to him, but we have to lie to the workers. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah, let's do that. That seems quite reasonable. You know, no one's been hurt. If only there were a rat or something and we could take the rat out. 
and say, here is your monster. But there's somebody down here. Let's go. One more man. Uh, never mind. 93 on track to try to look, look and see if I can find any rats around. Well, this place is picked clean, unfortunately. Um, Dupois, can you make a sanity roll for me, please? We miss you. 63, which is a fail. Fail. Could you lose one sanity point, please? You didn't really get a clear view of this thing, this man, whatever is wrong with him, but you, you could tell that this was, if this was a man, he was severely deformed. Yeah, it was nightmarish. It's something, a face that'll live in my dream. It was, it was the eyes staring at you in the in the dark. It was it was really quite it was unsettling. Hmm. Nick, I, I, I had passed that spot hidden roll also when it turned and, and looked at us. Oh right. In that case then um also make a sanity roll and one if you fail. Okay. I I passed. Okay. That's probably some sort of animal. That's that, that's why I said something about the yellow eyes. I, uh, I, as we're sort of moving away and back up the stairs, I, I whisper to Babon, I'm like, uh, have you ever heard of the Loot Garou? The beast. What? What? Yes. You think you saw one down there? I don't know, but maybe if there is a full moon. I don't, I don't think. remember what the moon was <laughs> tonight. God, now I've got to look up the moon phases in. <laughs> you mean you don't do that before you prepare for any game? <laughs> Find out whether it's gibbous waning or gibbous waxing. <laughs> so. Please, please do not tell that to the workers. We, I would like no, the no. job to be finished so we can get out of this stench. I, I admonish you. Do not tell them anything about this thing. It's probably still just a man. What else could it be? What else could it be? Nothing. <sighs> but I'm not going to sign it to this right now. Um, so we, we head on back up. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're glad to be out of there. It's, um, it's, it's very oppressive down there. It's, it's hot and it's dust, it's dusty and it's, it stinks to high heaven. It, um, it was nothing. There's nothing down there. You see, and I shout to the workers, nothing down there. And these are four of the greatest soldiers uh, in all of the French army. Now get back to work. Well, a mix, a mixture of that and and um, uh, Beaumont's reassurance is enough to grudgingly they they go back down the the stairs and start resuming their work. And there's, you know, there's a bit of murmuring, but they're, they're getting on with it. And uh, I, I don't know about the rest of you. I let that go for about half an hour. And then I go over to uh, Sergeant Renault. And, I, and I, I started taking him to the side and I say, Monsieur, 
Uh, I don't know if you say Monsieur to a, sol- a, a soldier. Um, you just say Sergeant. That's my title. Sergeant. There I was mean, something. Yeah, I imagine only a civilian would say Monsieur Sergeant. There, there was something down there, Monsieur. Uh, Sergeant. What are you talking about? You said that there was nothing. I know. Because if we told this crowd what was down there, they would be very afraid. Very smart decision, I'm sure. I think I there is. Come up with that. I, I think there are a, a strange, deformed, crippled people living underneath the city in the catacombs, perhaps shunned by the city, by the people. But we saw something. It looked like something from a nightmare, monsieur. Like a dog man. Dog man. Well, if there are cripples, then we flush them out. Monsieur, there are a hundred kilometers of tunnels down there. They could have a whole city of them down there and we wouldn't be able to find them. Well, how far can a cripple get? Like, they have no legs. He moved very quickly. It was it was a facial deformity, like he was, I don't know, perhaps once a soldier in the military, he had his face bashed in. In any case, they know their way down there better than we do. Best hope that they just don't show up again. Perhaps we should have the four of you remain in the catacombs with the workers, and I'm going German. Well, I don't mind, monsieur. I don't think you should put your younger, healthier soldiers down there. It is very, very bad. Well, I'll have Pressy and Joseph come up and everyone else go down. Exactly, Sergeant. Okay. Uh, um, uh, of of the three of you, uh, Bowman, you you find it uh, particularly unpleasant down there. The the tunnels are not very large, and and the the the, the ceiling is quite low, <laughs> and um, more than once you scrape the back of your head on the on the roof above you, and. Um, you know, you you find yourself just even even though you you purposely carry yourself quite low, um, you you find yourself wishing that there was just one place down there where you could just stand up straight for a minute, just to just to stretch because it's starting to kill your Sorry. back. Okay. But the men down there carry on working. You know, they're not they're not overjoyed to have uh, people. Uh, Looking over their shoulder while while they're at work, but um, but they get on with it. And um, so so, what are um, Gel and uh, Pressy doing? What, what are you what are you tasking them with? Um, basically, uh, just keeping the order. They're ang- I'm assuming they're still angry um, about the injury. They're less they're less scared, more angry. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, you you catch the odd snippet of of, of gossip among the men. Um, so just uh, apply force, take a take a switch or something like that, and just 
Weapon. Well, it's it's more it's more that you just occasionally people you hear people murmuring. They go, oh, "What what what is going to happen to Jean Paul? Nah. If he cannot work, he cannot eat." Screw Jean Paul. We got to finish well, this. I'm, I'm not giving him any of my food. Um, we'll just keep the order, and uh, something is nagging at me, saying that we should act on that. If uh, if Boman says that uh, he saw the same carriage once before and it did the exact same thing, aristocrat or not, that carriage driver is a menace. So the carriage driver is not the aristocrat, but he he drives the aristocrat. Um, so um, I'll approach the um, the court doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I will say to him, um, did you recognize that carriage? Monsieur, one, one carriage is much the same as another to me. Because I feel as if that uh, that um, the carriage driver should be reprimanded. He nearly stopped your work. Yeah, well, I mean... But we're, but we're back at work now, and it is it is difficult. C'est difficile. Mm. Uh, when a when a man has favor in the court, he is virtually untouchable. Untouchable. Mm. Well, uh, we don't know. I don't know who that was, and finding out could is, is more trouble than this was. And I kind of stand tall, and I uh, say out loud. I say, uh, untouchable. That's what they said about the king. And, uh... Oh, monsieur, you are... Monsieur Sergeant, you are... You are skating onto the nice. Um... So, Renault, uh, the, the king is, uh, still... Well, not for long. (laughs) Aristocrat is standing right in front of you. (laughs) Well, then I'll just chuckle. Uh, Because I know not for long. Aristocrats will take the the power from the king. He, um... His brother, the, the, the doctor, is... so disinterested in anything that you have to say that he barely even reacts to you. Um, You you don't have to make any form of psychology role to to know that you're you're just a functionary. Yeah. If if he wants you to do something, he'll tell you to do something. Otherwise, he is not interested. If the people have one thing correct, it's that uh, the king should be overthrown, if anything. And I say that uh, very quietly to Pressy. Uh, if, if anything, the power should be switched to the aristocrats, the people just beneath him. They're not stupid. They're the reason the king is still in power. I 
think this is all uh, uh, dangerous talk for out in the open. Uh, treason ends so, so poorly. Times um, are changing, Presley, and you are young. We? For now, we do our job. Uh, and the job is keep this moving all night until uh, someone comes to relieve us in the morning. L Lieutenant, I know this is not my place, but talk of deceit like that around aristocrats can be the end of all of us. Not just your career, but all of our lives. If the wrong ears shall hear you even joke about this situation with the king. I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of place. And I, uh, I kind of uh, look at him. Um, and then I, uh, I smile. I say, you are not out of place at all. You are exactly right. Uh, but, and I, and I chuckle and I say, uh, overthrowing the king is nothing like saying uh, people should be of power. And what should the common folk do other than sit on their asses all day uh, moving bodies? And uh, I laugh at that. But in the eyes of the aristocrats, we are but common folk. Even soldiers are nothing to them. Yes, and we should not have power. I am, I am not. Uh, and I kind of motion to the doctor. I am not a doctor. I, I, am, I am nobody. I am a simple man who does simple things. It is not my place to make the big decisions. It is not your place either. It is not anyone's but them. That is why they were put in the place that they are. All I know is that at the end of the day, peace, there needs soldiers, war, you need more soldiers. This uniform puts money in our pocket and bread in our, bread in our stomachs. So either way, we are set. Well, that we are. So what is, what is happening now? It's, I'm gonna guess it's been some time since the incident, the carriage, uh, Mac. Everything's largely quiet. Um, in fact, everything continues to be quiet uh, until about three o'clock in the morning when um, work con work's continuing apace. Um, the last cart came in about 15 minutes ago, so they're about halfway through unloading it. Uh, when once again, there is the sound of a horse galloping along the road. But this sound is different. This doesn't sound like a carriage. This just sounds like a, a horse. And uh, the, the three of you, you prick your ears up and, and look for it, as do a few of the workmen. And uh, the old priest who's uh, leaning against the cart, surreptitiously taking a nip from a flask. And... Um, you are most surprised when uh, the rider gallops up to the gates and swings off, off his horse in a, in a, in a very um, theatrical, um, athletic manner, uh, revealing himself to be your commanding officer. 
And that is when I immediately do the two step um, and say uh, attention um, and salute. This is, uh, oh my God, I have it right here. It's Captain Malone. Malone? Captain Malone, yes. Captain uh, Louis Malone. Um, a, a very, very tall and imposing man with um, with steely blue eyes and a, and a, and a very sort of well-trimmed military moustache. And uh, he looks um, uncharacteristically flustered as he strides across to you. It's uh, Renault, Renault. Um, you are the, the, the only unit uh, that I can spare. Um, there, there has been an incident. An incident? An incident. Um, uh, a woman um, has reported something at a, a, a printing press on the uh, Rue L'Arbre. Uh, this uh, Madame uh, Bossat. She says she there's been a murderer. A murderer? There has been a murder, and uh, look, it's, it's either you go and investigate it, or, or, or those idiot police. Not the police. We, we will handle this. Right. Uh, well, I, want, I want you to take the lead on this. I want you to tell me everything that, that happens. Um, yeah. there, there will be men along, in the, there are men behind me on the road. As soon as they arrive, I want you uh, into the city, to the Rulap, look into this. Yes, sir. You I... take, the, take, the, take the horses that are with, this, with, the, with the men that are coming. The horses will still be fresh. Hmm. Um, I will get my uh, team organized. We will, uh, we will prepare to leave as soon as they arrive. Um, and with that, I'll do... Uh, the two-step salute, then I'll turn to Joseph, uh, Joseph and Gustav, hmm. and I turn around again, and, he, and I nod, he and I... He you closer to him. I, I lean in. And uh, in, in quite a low, low voice, deliberately not, not wanting you to. Says, uh, <clears throat> it goes without saying that I wish to know the details of the crime. And uh, your findings, you will report to me with that. But um, you understand the situation in the city at the moment, yes? Yes. I These am. are difficult times. Quietly ascertain for me what was being printed in this place. A printing, press, a printing press is a dangerous thing, Sergeant. Agreed. Find, find out what they were doing. It is, it is not without reason that suddenly a printer is murdered in a time like this. You know, sedition is commonplace in this city right now. Well, revolution this, is all among us. But this is a matter between you and I. It is not for the men. I will so personally make it. ascertain for me what was going on there. I will personally look into it. I don't know myself. what accent that was. Who, oh, yours or mine? Because mine, uh, mine was all over the. Place. Yours is pretty good. I'll give you. I'll oh, give it. Yours is pretty <laughs> damn good. Um, 
All right. Um, uh, I will uh, lean back. And I will. I will uh, nod, and I will say, "Is that all, Captain Tom?" Oui. And uh, and I will do another two-step salute. Turn around, Joseph, Christoph, get the others. We prepare to leave as soon as they arrive. We, oui, Sergeant, I jog into the catacombs to retrieve the other soldiers. Um. And I will turn back to the captain. I'll say, Captain, uh, when shall we report to you soonest? Tomorrow morning? No, no, I will, I will, um, I will secure things here. Um, I must uh, discuss things with the, with the doctor. Um, I will follow on. I will, I will meet you at the, uh, the printing press on Rilab. Wait. Re remain there until I relieve you. We, and I uh, and I kind of nod to that, and uh, I would say, if that is all, and uh, and I'll leave him to talk to the doctor while I organize uh, the other four, five. There's five. Okay. Right. So he trots off and um, well, strides off, and and talks to the doctor. Um, Sorry, I lost track of things there. Who did who did you send to to get the others? Uh, Joseph and Christoph. They were the ones that were up here with me. Okay. Well, um, we can just um, shoot through that. They they find them okay. quite easily. Um, While we were down there, though, I wanted to know if Beaumont had any more of that alcohol on him. I have been shaken by what I have seen. You, you, you know, you, um... I'll, I'll hand it. You, you, if you ask, I'll hand you the flask. Or, yeah. Uh, merci beaucoup, monsieur. <laughs> hey, you pretty much empty my flasks, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're more than, you're more than grateful. I mean, you like a drink anyway, but it, it's, it's very, your, your throat gets very dry down there. Anyway. Well, let's see what they want us upstairs. I follow him out. We are Indeed. all up top now. All right. So I will inform, I'll, I'll, I'll gather the unit and inform them in my most sergeant manner on the situation at the printing press and what they will be looking for. Um, you will serve as, uh, as, as investigators in the murder. I'm assuming that it's been blocked, that police and, or army have blocked it off. Um, it's three in the morning. That wasn't, that wasn't made clear. That was not made clear? No. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's three o'clock in the middle of the city and there's a dead body apparently out in the street. <laughs> we can't have people just kind of wandering up. 90% of the people are going to be sound asleep. It's three in the morning. Oh. If, if no one's out, uh, then there's no need to uh, block it off. So, uh, yeah, I will, we'll, I'll just we'll wait until the horses arrive. Okay. Um, about six or seven minutes um, after, the, uh, after your soldiers have come up from the catacombs, um, a, a group of soldiers arrives. Um, seven of them on horseback 
Um, so it's a, an easy matter to select the, the six freshest looking horses from that bunch. Um, I mean, you're not, you're not galloping off anywhere. You're just trotting through the city on the right. It's, um, you're not doing anything difficult. So I'm not going to make you do ride rolls or anything. Um, because you're literally just getting up on a horse and following each other through the wall and north into the city. And, um, it's, it's very, it's, it's strangely pleasant. Usually during the day, Paris is, uh, full of people, noise, carts, stench. I mean, it still smells very strongly of piss, but, uh, it's quiet and overhead you can see the stars. And it's, um, you know, seen worse things. After the, after the, uh, the stench of the catacombs and the bone carts, it's, uh, it's actually quite pleasant. You are a good horse. A bon cheval. cheval. You've been going, I guess, for about 20 minutes. Um, and I'd like you to make a spot hidden roll for me, please. All of you. Pass. 25. 26. Pass. Pass. 13. Pass. Fail. Well, for those of you who pass, um... You can see uh, a crowd beginning to form um, down one of the side streets, just just off the main road that you're traversing on horseback. Um, it's quite an angry-looking crowd of, of, of ragged-looking people. Um, as you draw closer, you, you can see that they, they seem to be outside a, a bakery. In fact, you can smell the bakery from where you are you can smell the smell of baking bread and um the closer you get the more the more you can hear them as well that um there's a there's a lot of shouting and um the the occasional threat and uh more than once or twice, you hear the, the the thump of something being thrown at the side of the shop. Um, we're on horse. Uh, we're on horses, so that when we when we kind of come up the street and we can see down the side street, can we see what's going on above, kind of above their heads? Um, yes, if you if you ride towards them, you can you can you can see that um, it it appears to be uh, an angry crowd. Have, have gathered gathered outside the uh, the bakery, and um, they're they're shouting uh, at the baker, and the baker is standing sort of uh, in a in a half open doorway, um, uh, remonstrating with them, and um, you can just about hear him hear him say, um, "It it is all sold. There's not enough. There's not enough." All right. 
well. Um, police are dumb. They don't do anything in this town. So um, I will whistle and kind of make a, a motion because, you know, we're not going to just let some baker get strung up. Um, there may have been a murder, but this should only take a few moments. Just demonstrate authority. Um, and I will uh, shout to the crowd um, and I just simply say, hey, and just get their attention. How well, many one, people one, are or, one or two of them look in your direction and there's, there's a few sort of people nudging others and, and pointing and yeah, uh, a slight drop in the volume of the shouting for a moment. Um, I shout to them, um, what is the meaning of this? It is three o'clock in the morning and the baker needs sleep. Someone shouts from the crowd, sleep be damned, our bellies are empty. How big is he this is hoarding. crowd? He has, he has food, he is hoarding. It's about 30 or 40, well, it's about 30 people. Sir John, I do not have that much shot. Uh, and I will uh, turn to him and say, we will not need shot. We will simply need to demonstrate. Um, and I uh, look to the baker um, and I say, is this true? As the accusation. Uh, monsieur, monsieur. Um, <laughs> My bread, my bread is, is is already sold in advance. I have I have very little flour. I have to fill my existing orders. I have my customers, in, in my my local customers, and they 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 must be fed. They are my customers. These these people they come here every day. They they demand food. There there is there is not enough flour to bake for all these people. I cannot oh. feed all these people. Um. I will, I, will, I will say to him, and you have record of these dealings, this, this, this bread in advance. But of course, monsieur. But uh, of course, but there is, there, is, there is nothing to spare. If there is any spare, I would sell it. I am a businessman. I would sell them bread if I had, the, if I had bread to sell them. Uh, then I will look back to the crowd and I say, uh, I do not care if you have to find a stray dog and eat it. Leave the baker alone. He's already sold the bread. Sergeant, with your permission, I am slightly persuasive. May I speak? And I gesture out. And I kind of let my horse step back. I wanted to try and do a persuade on the crowd to see if I could just calm them down and make them realize that it is sold, that, you know, this won't turn out well. You can try. Not a threat, but a persuade. Okay. Or charm, either one, whatever would yeah, you think would fit. Persuasion, persuasion. 42 out of 70. Will you explain to them that they're simply, the man simply does not have the bread to sell them? And, and that um, had he the bread, he would sell them willingly. But they're wasting their time. And yeah, they, 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 they start to disperse slowly. Some of them are, are lingering on. You know, every everyone, uh, yeah, maybe half of them go, and of the half that remain, 
every one of them seems to think that that um, that they're the one who's in with a chance of buying the loaf that he might have left over. But um, slowly, as you know, you, you stand there for about ten minutes, and the, the, the crowd is broken. I mean, the people that are left there aren't shouting abuse and calling for the the baker's blood anymore. So there's there's that at the very least. Serja, perhaps while we are dealing with this situation, we should send someone ahead to secure the uh, the scene. Good idea, Bambin. You are uh, a good messenger. You are a good scout. So is uh, so is Joseph. So you two head uh, head forward. Uh, make good t- make good time. Uh, I will speak with the. Uh, with the baker and ensure that uh, that he is fine and safe at this for tonight. We, oui. oui, yeah. so, so. let us go. So you ride off towards the uh, printer. Okay, it's it's not that far. It's um it's just the other side of the uh, the Sorbonne. So um it's it's only at, um about well. There's not a scale on this. That's annoying, isn't it? It's all oh, there is. Hang on. No. Bear with me. <laughs> well, it's about a kilometer. That's five eighths of a mile. So um, yeah, it's not a long way away. Just the other side of the Sorbonne. Um, so it doesn't take you too long. Um, when you get there, there's just a the, the printing press is quite a sort of long, dark building which takes up the ground floor of a tenement building. Uh, the door's being kicked in, and there's a bunch of uh, rather frightened-looking people. Um, some of them wearing night shirts and holding candles, who are standing around trying to look in. No, no one seems to want to go in. But they're all trying to sort of get a a glimpse in there, and um, one or two are angry and shouting about Aristos, and, and a couple of uh, a couple of the men start sort of standing up quite straight and menacingly when they see you approaching, puffing their chests out. And, uh, oh, and the, there's a there's a rather pale-looking woman. Uh, middle-aged woman sitting on the steps. I'm I'm sorry. I seem to have lost something. Are did are we all here, or did some of us stay at the bakers? Yeah, we I, rode up, um, up ahead while you guys are calming down the bakery. So we'll be but just behind them. They're they're the security. Yeah, you're, you're, you're you're literally just behind them. It's not going to take you very long to to calm down the baker. The baker is. He's very grateful for your assistance, but um, he wants to get back to baking his bread. Yeah, that's all. That's all uh, we needed, essentially, was just to ensure that he's fine. Um, yeah, and then after that, we this, just this, yeah, this happened. It, it happens every few days. Yeah, and after that, you know, it he, could it could be worse. I, I heard of a there was a baker on the other side of uh, the city. Um, he put his. He tried to deal with it by putting his price up to uh, eighteen sous for uh, a loaf of bread, and they hung him. No, we hung don't. Him from a lamppost. 
We don't want to hang all the bakers, then we won't have bread. Oh, my dear. And with that, he, he goes back into his bakery and resumes his work. Yeah. And we uh, Let's go to the other place. You've left the children go ahead of us. <laughs> Bambin and Joseph are, are proficient soldiers. Pressy, and I, uh, and I look to Pressy, uh, though he's beautiful, uh, you are still young. Oh, monsieur, and, I didn't know you were of that persuasion. Ah, well, that changes everything. What, uh, what persuasion is this? Uh, he was right. Unami, Unami de Come on, my, my dear, my dear, dear friend. I love this horse. I want to keep this horse. Cheval. Let's go. Bear with me a second, sorry. I've got this on my tablet and the, uh, the cable from my headphones has just decided to... I will call you back on the reader. Little Horsey. <laughs> I will call you Spock or Pony. Monsieur Chevalier. <laughs> but Stallion. As Dupois is telling... Uh, giving his horse a name, I start to sing a song about horses. And I, it actually a, a rather talented orator so, uh, and singer. So I will sing a song about horses. Okay. Percy, if I asked to hear your incessant songs, I would have given you a lute and made you a bard. You are not a bard, you are a soldier. I'm just trying to pass the time, Sergeant. Oh, Mr. Sergeant, let him sing. Well, you do. Uh, it's, a, it's only a couple of hundred yards, but he, he sings a short song. Horsey, horsey. The... So she, <laughs> Joseph and Panbean will hear the song of Horsey. <laughs> Running through the fields. Where are you going with your fetlocks blowing in the wind? I want to shower you with sugar lumps and ride you over fences. Polish your hooves every single day and take you to the horse dentist. <laughs> and of that, having 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 sung your ode to horses, uh, you arrive um, to find the other two um, trying to calm down uh, yet another bunch. And now I, I hop off my horse and I just start yelling, uh, go back to your houses. There's nothing for you to see here. Go back to our houses. How can we sleep when people are being murdered? We will take care of all the murders. Go to bed. No this one here at 3 a.m. good neighborhood. Look at it now. Well, the king's Stay royal guard is here. We will take care of this problem. Exactly. It would be a much worse neighborhood if we had to kill people in the streets. Go home. Dead bodies and poor quality pastries. Look at this neighborhood now. <laughs> oh. ah, Alright. What is the situation that I'm looking at, Mick? Well, you are looking at much the situation they were. It's a, a darkened... It's the ground floor of a, of a tenement building. The, uh, the printing shop. Um, 
it is at present darkened. Um, the front door uh, has been kicked in. And um, a very upset middle-aged woman uh, is uh, sat on the steps. Her hair is disheveled and she's just sort of staring into into space. Um, she, she appears to be in shock by, by the, the state of things. Um, there's no one helping her. Uh, and even though the, uh, the people have been standing outside remonstrating with the soldiers, no one seems to have gone in. At the most, they were just sort of peering in, trying to trying to shine the light of their candles in so they could get a look in the hope they might see a dead body or so forth. But uh, the the woman uh, sees you and she looks up and and then, and then just just stares at the ground shaking is visibly upset you take this to be uh, uh, madame uh, madame bossa who was the uh, the woman you were told reported the murder so jean you want me to go inside and look around yes uh someone should stay with the woman Bon mot. Uh, I kind of go like that because he's the sweet one. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone else should look around. I will make my way into the press room, see if anything was possibly stolen. What do we have to use for light? Um, you, you have... Um... I think you have a. I'll, I'll say lanterns. One or two of you have lanterns. Certainly, all of you would have a stub of candle or something and a tinderbox. Well, and how would they normally light this place at night? Are there there are lanterns inside? Well, that there we are can... lanterns in there. Yes. Yes. You, um, if you light, whether you, whether you light a lantern or a candle, you will you will soon be able to find one of the lanterns in there and light that as well. Eugène, why don't you go around and light all the lanterns so we can see? We oui. So I enter and I begin lighting. What do we find? It's, um, it's rather a revolting scene that you find. The, the first thing uh, directly in front of the, uh, broken door and and in many ways for, for at least for one or two of you the worst um, even before you see it the, the smell of fresh blood has hit your nose but um, as the lights come on and uh, the lanterns flicker into life you see that lying in front of the, the, the broken door is uh, a dog a headless dog the, the, the head is um, close by, um, still uh, in death, caught in its in its final snarl, as though it was uh, bravely defending the uh, the victims against their attackers. Oh, mon Dieu! Poor dog. Does it look like it was cleanly yeah. cut? 
or somehow ripped or um it looks like it was uh beheaded with with some form of some some great force okay with a blade um as far as you can tell okay um who's standing right near me uh Renault, were you right near me uh Huget, you were near me <laughs> this is kind of unusual but do a spot hidden roll for me 42 pass okay for the first time in as long as you've known me you can see i've got tears a tear in my eye for this poor dog I pretend not to see it. Just put my hand on your shoulder for a second and look away. Don't put your hand on me. Oh, I, I almost tripped. I'm sorry. And I, uh... Well, as, as the lights come up in the room, um... It just slowly gets worse. I mean, the, it's, a, it's a large room, and, um... There, there are lots of bundles of papers stacked against the wall, pile of, piles of pamphlets. Um, and there's a, a, a strong smell of ink and paper, but uh, mixed very strongly with, as I say, the, the, the smell of French, fresh blood. French, fresh French blood. Um, <laughs> there are two people Four people. No. Not four people. Two adults and two children. All of them hanging from their feet. Hanging by their feet from the rafters with their throats slit. <sighs> Slashed with such force that it's exposed the bone. And uh, bloodied bloodied wads of paper have been forced into their mouths. Mon Dieu. I'm going to have to ask all of you, except Beaumont, who's outside, um, to make a sanity roll, please. Fail. 22 out of 70, pass. 70 out of 70. <laughs> Oh, just made it. Yeah, 45 after, out of 55, I passed. I'm okay, anyone, anyone who fails, which I think is too quiet. Um, just lose one point. All right. Uh, because uh, this, this isn't, this isn't war. This is, this is just the, this is the wanton butchery of a family. I'd like to approach. Children and a dog. I'd like to approach one of the bodies and uh, with my leather gloved hand, I'd like to pull out one of the, uh, the papers. After all, we're at a printing press. I want to see if there's any connection to what was shoved in their mouths. This is obviously some kind of personal killing. It had to have been such brutality. Um, so well, I'm going to take the paper well, out. Yeah, while he's looking high, I want to look low. There's blood everywhere, and I want to see 
if I can get a sense of if anyone else has been in here besides us, and how many of them, and if they're wearing, you know, boots or fancy shoes, anything like that. I've actually got track skill. Um, well, first of all, I'll do, I'll do Renault, first of all. Um, you retrieve uh, a leaflet, let's say, from the, the adult man's mouth. And you see this. Know your place. Uh, is that printed or is it drawn in blood? It is printed, and I would like you to make a sanity roll, please. Okay. I can get out of this full screen. All right. That is a fail. Then uh, I'd like you to lose one sanity point, please. I could definitely do that. Because you realize quite quickly that this appears to have been printed in blood. Um, and when I make that realization, I kind of uh, just make a face. Um, and, and, and I will uh, set the paper down on like a table. And I'll just kind of leave it out for everyone to, to see. And I will say, uh, obviously, someone did not like the political message that these people were printing on their presses. Well, the, 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 the bodies are um, hung up roughly between the, the, the typesetting tables and the, and the two um, printers. Um, they would have had to have uh, arranged the type on the printer and then spread blood all over it to print this. Yes. Um, Bavin, um would you make a spot hidden roll for me, please? 64 out of 55 on the spot hidden. There's a lot of blood. Mm. Indeed. This is quite a mess. Um, let's try Ugel. Um, could you make a spot hidden roll for me, please? 53 out of, sorry, 53 out of 70. You're sort of hanging back a bit, um, having just lit the, uh, the lamps and um, still surveying the, 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 the whole scene and, and trying to come to terms with what you're looking at because it really is quite a, a, a ghastly spectacle. Um, and from where you're standing, which is um, near the, uh, the typesetting tables, um, you can see that um, there are marks 
bloodstains on the tables. Um, and just looking at them, it, it seems as though someone, well, by the looks of it, perhaps at least two of the people were held down and, and, and butchered on, on those tables. Um, Sergeant, I think you should see this. And I show him where I believe the butchery had taken place. Also, how high are the ceilings? Um, they're about um, 10 feet. The rafters are about eight feet. All right, so it's not like extremely high. They could have just been, all right, thank you. These, um, these, these buildings are all, um, the buildings are quite, uh, in this part of the city, quite narrow, um, but have many floors. Some have five or six floors. So usually you have, um, you would have a business on the ground floor and then uh, a pont more on the floors above it. I would like to, uh, uh, so, I'm, so I'm looking at uh, this spot, but I'm gonna turn and look at the door, the front door. Um, forced entry. Yes. Okay. So I will uh, say that uh, it is clear that the killer did not know these people. Otherwise they would have knocked and be let in or had a key, which means they probably broke in. Uh, and this is probably some kind of political, obviously, and I point to the, the note. It was probably just a spur of the moment political message to the people of this community. So, Sir Bruno, I, I really don't like to see these bodies like this. Can, 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 we, can we take them down? I, I, it, it's exceptionally disrespectful. Um, Mick, would, uh, would the captain want to see the bodies? Or would he? You, you have been, um, you've been tasked with uh, investigating the murder. So I would imagine that ascertaining um, circumstances under which they were killed would, would be um, appropriate. So you're saying don't chop down the bodies? Well, no, I'm saying you probably would because you'd want to. Oh, just to, like look them over. Um, then with that, I kind of wave my hand and uh, give the uh, indication that yes, go and, and cut the bodies down and lay them out. Okay. Also, now that we have light in here, I think we should make sure that the crowd disperses. We don't want this getting public or more public than it is, I believe. And, and is there a place that is not pooled with blood to, to put the bodies down or is that space pretty much at a premium i'm gonna to have to lay them down into the blood um, there are the uh the typesetting tables hmm. renault on the tables um i say yes and i look at uh joseph and i say uh this is a good idea let me step outside um and just see if the crowd has lessened dispersed they should have i see you you climb up and uh and cut their ropes and i will uh have 
hold the bodies and lay them on the tables. Oui, Depoy. Merci. Before before we go laying anything on the tables, we should uh, if they're typing something out, we should perhaps make sure we did not miss anything there. If we're looking to see what happened here. Well, there are. Um, there's just a, a, a rather unruly mess of um, typeface. Okay, no, um, no, nothing that looks organized. No, it looks like it's it's been. I mean, there's a lot of blood, and it looks like. I mean, this, this is why, uh, when Ujel looked at the the uh, the tables, it looked like they'd been held down and butchered there because everything is in a complete pandemonium. It's all been thrown all over the place. Yeah. Lots um, of it's on the floor. Um, Dupois, make a spot hidden roll for me, please. Oui, monsieur. Um, 43, and my spot hidden is 40, 45. So I made it by two points. Okay. As you're, um, as you're bracing yourself to uh, take the bodies down, um, the floor is very sticky with blood. Mm -hmm. And you're cautiously attempting to find somewhere you can get um, a, a good footing to brace yourself to bring these bodies down. Okay. And in doing so, you notice something rather strange. You notice that under each of the bodies, um, there seems to be a small bloodless patch, roughly circular, under each body. Right, right, dead underneath. Yes. So how big? Um. Well, they vary between eight to ten inches. Okay. So I'm I'm bracing myself with this, and I'm starting to notice this. Um, and who's who's in the room with me? I know that uh, Pressy is here. How about Beaumont? Uh, Beaumont is outside consoling the uh, the way the lady. lady. Um, Sergeant has just uh, stepped, stepped out. out as well. So um, Etienne and uh, Joseph? Yes, are also here. Etienne and Joseph, look at this. You can, you can cut the rope. <laughs> All right, I catch the body and move it over. I said, look at how there is a, a clean spot underneath each body. That is very strange. Why did the blood not fall there? I laid one of the bodies down. By the way, I'm very strong. <laughs> perhaps someone was catching it. In a bucket, perhaps? Uh, yeah, but why? How, how is the, uh, the ink fed to the press? Is, is it rolled on? They roll uh, or is it put in a... Uh, receptacle? Uh, yeah, like a receptacle. A hopper? Hopper, yeah. They caught the blood to print with. That's a very good. Um... <laughs> Hang on. That's disgusting. Oh. Could be worse. They could be making some very disturbing blood pudding. 
blood pudding. Disturbing. I think it would, it would just be uh, a roller. Would be used. They would be replenished with a roller. I think for, for printing this sort of pamphlet. Yeah, I think so. Because they the, these presses are still the ones where you had to turn the the crank to. Mm -hmm. There's no automation to them. So would there be a bucket that they would dip the ink roller in anyway? Maybe that's what they used. Yes, there there would be something like you would expect to see something like that in there. So, you guys look and see if you can find my mon dieu. Who would have thought I would spend the evening looking for a bucket full of blood? Uh, if I guess you I'll... say how pretty the red <laughs> color is, I'm going to smack you in the face. Well, now that, now that you mention it, you know, there is a certain... Je ne sais quoi. Precise. Precisely. I'll grab one of the lanterns off and off the wall and begin looking high and low, trying to find if there's like a bucket that's been stashed. Well, in, in, in searching, you'd, um, your eyes, first of all, are drawn to the, uh, the, the printing press where um, there are bundles of the third estate uh, pamphlets. And um, some of these, some of these bundles appear to have cut open, and the bamf and the the bundles have been uh, rammed into the, the the printers and overprinted, as with the the one you saw before. And um, there, behind the uh, the printers, you you find um, rather roughly piled on each other. Um, are a number of uh, now empty buckets uh, bearing the, the, the unmistakable trace of, of blood. What kind of madman? Cut the second roll. <laughs> you carry, carry on cutting down the, 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 the bodies. Um, and... Um, You cut down the two adults, a man and a woman, and then the two teenage boys. And as you're cutting down the final, the, the older of the teenage boys, um, I'd like uh, Dupois and Pressy both make spot hidden rolls. I guess I don't see anything. I'm Trying not to slip in the blood. I, I made it by one. I got a 64 out of 65. You, you, you noticed that with the, with the others, there, there's just a pool of blood underneath them. Um, and it looks as though they've maybe been swinging back and forth a little bit, and some of the blood has has missed and or gone over. Maybe the bucket has overflowed or something, and there's a little sort of rim of it. But as, as you're cutting down this body, you're sort of looking down and um, making sure that, that, that Dupois has his footing, and you suddenly realise that most of the blood on the floor from where you are, 
standing on the table and looking down, you can see that the, the, the splash pattern and it, it occurs to you that mo most of this blood probably came from the body that you're holding at the moment, which makes you think that this one must have been thrashing around quite a lot. And it occurs to you that, unlike the others, this, this boy was probably still alive when he was strung up. Make a sanity roll, please. No, I passed that one, 07. Because I didn't see. I guess I didn't realize. Now you're just I, I, I blood. I Wherever you are, it's just blood. I got a, a 21 out of 55. Okay, I mean, you're still quite quite startled by this. They, they, uh, they, they, they murdered this boy uh, after they, they, they hung him. He, he must have, oh, he must have had a bad, a lot of this blood is his that's all about on the floor who that wasn't do, caught in the buckets. This is, this is madness. Who would do this kind of monstrous, monstrous thing? Um, we, we are, um, we've approached time but if um if no one has any objections i'd quite like to do the um the business outside okay before we finish if that's okay um so switching to outside um we will start with uh Bowman and and then uh renault as as he comes out and, and joins him in, in in a moment um but um but man, oh, Madame Bossat, she's very upset. She is, um, she's red around the eyes. She looks like she was crying, but she looks like she's reached a point where she, she can't cry anymore, where she's just absolutely horrified and Okay, um, I'm going to, while she's, I guess she's staring off into space like in shock or something. Yes. So I'm going to uh, perhaps fetch some, some water for her, something to, for her to drink. Um, if there's like a tea kettle or something like that, I will toss something on there. Maybe she has something in the house that might calm her nerves. Um, I won't speak at first, um, but I'll start doing things that um, would sort of bring some normal, you know, something normal to her, her, her life right now. Um, and once I do all that, I'll, I'll hand her uh, a cup of water and I'll say, uh, Madame, uh, please drink. How does she respond? She's 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 very shaky. She she looks initially she looks at the cup as though she she almost doesn't remember what it is. And then she looks up at you and she looks at the cup and she she's takes a small sip. And I'll kneel down and um you know, I'll encourage her to drink up 
get some hydration in her and then I'll um I'll ask her you know when when she seems a bit calmer um what happened here she she looks at the floor and um She says, uh, it, it was, it was, it, it was, it was some, sometime after midnight and, and that he came to the door. Who came to the door? Um, and, and, and. An Aristo in a in a dark cloak. He he he. He just he he's still on the step and 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 he was he was dabbing his lips with a with a handkerchief a, a woman's handkerchief a lace hand lace one. He he asked for 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 Monsieur Raymond. Um, the, the 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 printer who 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 I rent the shop to, and uh, I I I told him to to go to the door at the side of the building, and and he told me to go inside and and lock the door. I I thought I don't know what I thought. I I, I mean I, I'm I'm. I'm a respectable woman. I'm not used to being d d disturbed by callers at this at this time of night. And I, I did as he said. I, I I went inside, and as I as I was going as as I was going back into my into my pommel, I oh my god. There, there, there was a woman's hand, as, as pale as milk, and it, it, it just dropped out, out of the door of, of, of his carriage. And I, I just, I, I went straight back inside. I, I bolted the door, and I, I, I just, I, 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 I shut myself in. But, um. A little while later, there were there were sounds from from downstairs, horrible sounds from downstairs, and I and I just I'd stayed up here and 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 just waited and and, and waited, and and then um, I sent I sent the boy, and I, I, I sent I sent the boy out for help, sent him for the police, and I, I just. I'll, I'll, I'll stop her there and I'll, I'll pat her hand gently and I say, there, there, you did, you did well, you did well. Um, but let me ask you a question. Did you get a good look at, you said that you seen <clears throat> a woman's hand fall, fall out of the, uh, the carriage. Did you get a good look at the carriage? Could you describe it to me? I, I, I know little of carriages. I'm, I'm, Perhaps the color, or it, yeah, it was white. It was white. Hmm. 
could you describe the gentleman that called on you? He, he, he was, I, I saw he was, uh, an expression of terror comes across her face and not just terror, but it's, um, there's, there's, a, there's a strange vacant look in her eyes as well. Like, like madness, like something that I would have seen from like the it's, asylum or something. It's a strange, it's a strange vague sort of look, just like a thousand yard stare. Since I fought in the war, I would have seen villagers or other people have this sort of stare. So yes, you, you, you would recognize it as, as she, uh, uh, it's, it's shock. It's what nowadays we would describe as post-traumatic shock. Yeah. Shell shock. Or soldiers, the soldier's heart, as they called it back then. I guess. Yes. Hmm. Just... All, all, all I... I'll, I'll fetch her another. Well, if I, if I made her tea, I will pour some tea and maybe something like chamomile or something like that, something to calm her, uh, and I'll hand it to her. Um, and if her hands are shaking, I'll, I'll grip them and not roughly, but gently and steady them. And I'll tell her, um, try to remember. I know this may be horrible for you, but we need to find the one who did this and the more information we have, the oh, faster. Monsieur, monsieur, I cannot, I, I cannot, all I, all I can recall, monsieur, are, are those eyes, those, those, those horrible dark eyes that looked right into me. I, I, I cannot. I'll, I'll, I'll stop her there. I'm like, you've been more, more than enough help for us, but we'll, we'll take it from here. Um, it's rough, roughly this time that Renault um, appears from, from within the, the, the shop. And you've noticed that the lights have gone on in the, in the shop while you've been talking to her. Okay. I'll look up at him. I don't know how long he's been standing there watching, but. I don't know, Mick, how long was I standing there listening? Oh, you've, you've, you've just come out. You've caught, you've caught the end of it. You've, you've caught her saying about the, the, the eyes, the dark eyes. Well, I'm going to assume that everyone's clear now. Yes, um, the, the, the street's cleared now. They seem to have lost interest. Right. The, 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 the prospect of seeing dead bodies excited them. The, uh, the prospect of, of, of watching a soldier um, console a frightened woman is, is something less of an entertaining spectacle for people at this time in the morning. Well, well then, uh, if, they're, if they're so excited about looking at dead bodies, we could use them in the catacombs. Uh, well, then, with that, um, I'll simply look down at Bowman, uh, Bowman. And I'll kind of just like look back inside and I'll look back to him and I'll just shake my head and then go right back inside. 
I'll, I'll try to stop you before you do. Um, I, you know, I need to have a word with you. And I'll um, mean to sort of, yeah, to sort of speed it up, I'll pretty much tell you what she told me. And I suspect that it may be that carriage that, uh, that blew by us earlier. Well, I knew, I knew something was wrong. I didn't know that, uh, I thought we should just reprimand the, the driver, but I guess it goes deeper than that. Um, from, from the sounds of it, the young lady that was in the carriage with him is probably deceased as well. We'll have to organize the others and we will uh, inform the captain of, uh, of everything. But for now, let us show you inside and I'm just going to beckon it <laughs> inside with the others. Before the two of you return inside, uh -huh. um, I'd like you each to make spot hidden rules, please. Nope. 70 out of 55. I got a 33. That's a pass. As um, Boman relates the story um, that the woman told about the, the, the coach, the, this sinister Arista who arrived, um, almost as by, by force of habit, um, a reflex action, if you will. Um, as he says, the carriage pulled up, you find yourself looking out onto the cobbles in that direction. And you notice two things. The first is the presence of uh, a large pile of fresh horse manure. And the second, a few feet away, is something white lying in the road. Okay, I will approach after our conversation. Uh, before, uh, as he goes inside, I'll approach and kind of pick it up. What you find there is a woman's white handkerchief a very expensive lace handkerchief embroidered with the monogram M-A. Okay. And with that, we will leave it there for this session, I think. Okay. Excellent. Our players included Thomas McKeon, Wayne Worthy, Fred Carter, Luke Strom, uh, Jason Mel... Melnichok and myself with Mick Swan, Mick Swan, with Mick Swan as the keeper of the secrets. Our current, uh, we're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Oh, 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 oh.